The NFL give it and the NFL take it away. Cody and I discuss Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson costing the Houston Texans a fifth-round draft pick. <laughs> and to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what, it, that's what it'll be about. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On Texan Podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms, including YouTube as well. I'm John Hickman, of course, joined by Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis, who also happens to be a credential media member in the city of Houston. Got Brandon K. Scott joining the show Today, Cody and K. Scott, we have a fun conversation as always. But before we dive into the K. Scott talk, Cody, <laughs> the entity himself, <laughs> the Lord given. Oh my away. gosh! So the Houston Texans, uh, the NFL announced that the Houston Texans will lose out on their 2023 fifth round draft pick and also receive a $175,000 fine for violations of league policy during the 2020 league year. Now, the 2020 league year just so happens to be the same year. The entire world just kind of stopped. That was the COVID year. The violation stemmed from how the Texans covered the cost of alternate workout sites while team facilities were closed during the COVID-19 lockdowns. And those alternate workout sites just so happened to be for then quarterback Deshaun Watson <laughs> uh listen I, I'm I'm not Cody I'll, I'll give the floor over to you momentarily but I'm not too worried honestly it was a fifth round draft pick Houston still has four sixth round draft picks and listen unless Houston doesn't trade Brandon Cooks or maybe use some of their current picks to trade back and acquire more draft picks in this year, or maybe there's a player that we're not talking about that Houston can move on from. I do see Houston getting another pick back in this year's draft. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, we talked about this a couple of days ago. You know, Nick Casario is going to will his deal into more or possibly even less draft picks. Um, it's a fifth round draft pick. You know, fifth round draft picks can be either hit or miss. Um, for those of you guys out there, well, well, yeah, from from one to what's Mister Irrelevant number two seventy something, something um, crazy, yeah, something crazy. But um, you know, to understand whether or not you know how big of a deal this is, Texans losing fifth round draft pick last year, the Houston Texans did have an opportunity to draft both Thomas Booker and TQ in the fifth round last year. Um, and both of those guys as of right now are starting to establish themselves as foundational pieces for this organization. But John, it just so happens that we are talking about those two guys and go ahead and throw Jack Easterby in this as well, because a couple of days ago, you called them the Holy Trinity of, of, of bad decision makers. And <laughs> this is what this is once again. And what I, what I can't, get over is the fact that you telling me 
And of course, literally, I think the world literally started shutting down like three years ago today, as a matter of fact. So since we oh, sit yeah. here talking, because this was yeah. early May when Rudy Gobert touched all over mics and, you know, ended up getting COVID and then all hell broke loose after that. By the way, that cost me an opportunity to cover U- University of Houston at their conference tournament that year and unfortunately never went back to UH. But with all that being said, I find it very hard to believe. And at this time, the relationship with Deshaun and the organization was, was still pretty good. I find it hard to believe that you telling me that the Houston Texans was the only team in the league that yeah. went out their way to make sure that their top players, their top quarterback, still have an opportunity to work out in a, you know in the offseason, especially during that time when the team's facility, i.e. NRG Stadium, was closed. Now, my next biggest theory is I wonder how much of the off-field shenanigans <laughs> that was taking place kind of doled the lead into let's see what was really going on yeah and so the funny thing about it they were fined $175,000 right as I mentioned lost a fifth round draft pick they were simply paying $26,000 so, so the lead came up big time and the, and the Texans lost out big time they were paying $26,000 for Deshaun Watson to train at a local facility um, maybe the they didn't go through the right uh the the Houstonians. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't go through the right communication protocols. That's important, especially during that time where nobody knew what to make of COVID, and so yeah, I know, right? I'm sure that the league had uh our protocols and a process set up in place for teams to go through. Maybe that's what happened with Houston. In other news, the Houston Texans were awarded a compensational seventh-round draft pick due to the CBA agreement that states if in any league year the number of compensatory selections awarded is less than the number of clubs in the league, which is 32, an additional number of selection choices shall be awarded to clubs based upon selection order. This year, 30 compensatory selections were awarded to 13 clubs based upon the formula that I just provided. Two clubs, Chicago and Houston, was awarded additional picks in this NFL draft. Uh, Chicago will be was awarded the 41st pick in the seventh round. The Houston Texans were awarded the 42nd pick in the seventh round as well. And also, Kenyon Green underwent arthroscopic knee surgery, and he is expected to be back for the team's voluntary offseason workout starting April 3rd. And before we move on and have that fun conversation with Brandon K. Scott of 16 Sports Radio, definitely want to let you guys know about Bill Barr. What makes Bill Barr so good and what makes Bill Barr so, I don't know how to say it, man, like worth it. Bill Barr is covered in 100% real chocolate. That's number one. They have amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. And now they are super convenient. You no longer have to wait for your box to get delivered to your door. You can run into your local Walmart or Sam's Club today to get yours. And also only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. You cannot beat that. It's healthy. It tastes great. Have it on a go. Have it for your lunch. Have it for a midday snack. Whatever you want to do with your Bill Bar, you can do that because it's the best option on the market for you. 
Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. And if it's Friday, you already know we got our guy, our brother, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16. Brandon, what's going on, man? Man, I'm living good, man. Anytime I get to sit here and break bread with y'all on the Locked On Texans podcast, get to talk to the Locked On Texans audience. We were just talking before we started recording how this podcast has really taken off over the last couple of years. <laughs> and y'all really have a real fun community to engage with and, oh, yeah. to, and to get the, you know, the thoughts and opinions of other people is always interesting. So, uh, so I'm glad to be here, man, and be amongst the people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And just want to thank you as well, because you are another reason why we have been able to, you know, build and grow this podcast. Me and John was talking not too long ago. Like, we don't even know when we literally just started having B. Scott on every week. It was like you was on and the next thing you know, we basically made it a weekly thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when it makes sense, you know, when it makes sense, it just makes sense. Right. What's understood doesn't have to be explained. Yes, sir. And speaking of something that makes sense. There's something going on right now, some rumors going on that I don't think should make that much sense, but in the, in a weird in a weird way it kind of does. And of course, let's jump right into it. Jimmy Garoppolo to the Houston Texans, free agency start next week. What are your thoughts about the possibility of that happening? Yeah, I think the possibility of it happening, Cody, definitely makes sense. You know, and, and I don't think that I don't think that means I have to like it. Um, I can tell you right now that I don't like everything that makes sense and everything that I like doesn't necessarily <laughs> make sense. So so I think it's important to distinguish the two. It, it absolutely makes sense. Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent quarterback. The Texans need a quarterback, whether it's a starter or a backup. You know, they they need you know, we we've made fun of it a little bit on Sports Radio 610 or how they've kind of had this party line. You've been there for this, Cody, where they're just like, well. We've only got one quarterback on the roster, so we obviously have to go get two. <laughs> so it makes sense that Jimmy Garoppolo being a free agent quarterback could be one of the two quarterbacks that they acquire either through free agency or in the draft. And then obviously we know the connections. I'm sure y'all have been, been over this and, and we all know what the connections are because they're they're right there before us. Jimmy Garoppolo, even going back to the New England days, has ties to Nick Casario, the general manager for the Texans. And then, of course, more recently, He's got ties not only with D'Amico Ryans, the head coach, but Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator for the Texans now, who was the passing game coordinator last year for mm-hmm. the 49ers. And, of course, you got to remember Jimmy Garoppolo did play. Things things ended kind of awkwardly and weirdly with the 49ers, and they always were weird over the last year with Jimmy G and the San Francisco 49ers. But he did play for them, and Bobby Slowick was, by all accounts, a key member of that team. So – uh, or of that coaching staff, I should say. So we know what the connections are for all of those reasons that I just laid out. It certainly makes sense in terms of whether you like it or whether it's something that you would want to get behind as an idea or as a concept. I think that all depends on what they do next or what the terms are, I should say, of a Jimmy Garoppolo deal. Like, what are we talking about exactly? Are we talking about Jimmy Garoppolo being the quarterback of this team in the way that Derek Carr is the quarterback now of the New Orleans Saints, the way that Geno Smith now is has been extended or give, given a new contract with the Seattle Seahawks, and he is the quarterback there. Or are we talking about a bridge situation where uh, that, that's more that that's closer to what 
Tyrod Taylor was for the Texans a couple of years ago, where it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, he's the veteran guy who comes in as the starter, but there's a rookie who we really want to look at. There's a rookie who we really think we might want to invest in. And when we feel like that time is, is here for, for, for us to do that, we'll go ahead and do that. You know, I said on Sports Radio 610, I think it was on, on Thursday, that this could be, if they do it right, it could be like a better version of the Tyrod Taylor-Davis Mills combination, where in Jimmy Garoppolo, you have a higher-end free agent quarterback and in the number two overall pick or wherever exactly you pick a quarterback, preferably obviously in the first round, mm -hmm. you have a better prospect than Davis Mills. So, so hopefully that's what they do. Um, or at the very least, I should, let me rewind that. Hopefully, if they get Jimmy Garoppolo, that's what they do, that they also invest heavily in a quarterback and don't pay Jimmy Garoppolo closer to the Derek Carr and Geno Smith realm because of what that would signal about what he means and what that means for the future. And, you know, on the draft side, don't go on the low end, like on the third round sort of yeah. Davis Mills sort of aspect, right? Like the, the balance of it needs to be that Jimmy Garoppolo's money and role is closer to what a Tyrod Taylor uh, is and, or was. And then the rookie quarterback is given even more of a leash than and drafted higher, obviously, than Davis Mills. So that that's the hope if they actually do it. Um, and, I, and I feel like that's what the reporting has been, that even if they did, draft Jimmy Garoppolo that wouldn't stop them from wanting to look at a quarterback high. But then the question is for you there is, does Jimmy Garoppolo view himself more as a Geno Smith, um, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones type, seeing guys get paid and thinking mm -hmm. like, hey, man, I don't have to settle for that. So that, to me, that's what the relevant question is. And, and it'll be interesting to see over the next several days or so what the answer is. B. Scott, if I'm being 100 percent Honest, my biggest fear is them signing Jimmy Garoppolo and letting that divert them from drafting either CJ or Bryce. Because I'm looking at this from a standpoint of, I and I'm a believer in a team, especially a young rebuilding team like the Texans, bringing in veterans. I, I And trust me, after covering the Texans and the Rockets over the last two seasons, it's very important for teams to have veterans. But with that being said, I would prefer the Texans go out and sign a veteran. Me and John talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like Case Keenum, a veteran that's just going to be there to provide a lot of support and a lot of help to someone like a Bryce, someone like a CJ, and even Davis Mills to a certain extent, because Regardless of who comes in and out that quarterback room, the one guy that's still on the roster is going to be Davis Mills. My biggest issue is I don't want to see them go out and sign Jimmy Garoppolo and pass up on the opportunity to draft either CJ or Bryce because I truly believe that CJ and Bryce are two are the top two quarterbacks that from week one, you can plug them in right away and they're going to be able to play for you. Now, I'm not sitting here and saying that Week one, I'm expecting them to go from a team that averaged 17 points per game, winning three games to, you know, 27 points per game. You're on the, on the fast track of winning 13 games. But I feel like in order to get the best out of those two guys, it will be much more beneficial to go out there and start them from week one. But at the same time, it's like if they get Jimmy Garoppolo, 
I'm wondering, will and do they have their eyes set on Anthony Richardson? It, that, that's an interesting look at it. I, I Look, okay, so let's back up for a second before we go Anthony Richardson. I'm out on any plan, okay, just for the record here. I'm out on any plan that includes passing up on Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud okay. if, if they're there. Whether that's Jimmy Garoppolo, whether that's Anthony Richardson, you know, like, and, and I understand the fascination with Anthony Richardson. I, I share it. Let me just, let me be clear about that too. I, I feel like he is a really fascinating prospect just from a physical standpoint. And if you feel like you can coach something like that up, like I wouldn't draft Anthony Richardson personally because I don't have the expertise to fix Anthony Richardson. I don't know exactly what the deal is what's wrong with him and how to fix him mm-hmm. maybe a maybe a coach or a gm and a and a scouting department does that's the difference between them and me right like i'm not gonna <laughs> pretend to know what i don't and my deal with anthony richardson is man there's something there but there's also something missing and i don't know how to fix it you know and, and i also don't know for sure that the people that are that would be in charge of fixing it here know how to fix it i don't know that for sure either i don't have anything that that indicates that now if they were to do it that would be them signaling to us that they think they can, right? That they think mm-hmm. they can work with it. But I feel much more comfortable with the prospects that we already know about. The, what you just just described, the case that you just made for those two guys, right? That those are clearly the top two picks. You have a top or the, the top two quarterback prospects. You have a top two pick. Go ahead and draft one of those guys. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be super dip- difficult or complicated. It doesn't. So I'm I'm against any idea that 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 starts with that or or that includes passing on those guys. You you hear people talk about, hey, if you can't get Bryce or you can't get Stroud, if you can't get one or the other because you prefer one or the other, trade down or pick a defensive player, do something else. Don't reach for the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like in either case, whether it's Stroud or Young that's available to you at two, I don't feel like that would be reaching. I feel like it would be it, it could be settling depending on which quarterback you prefer. You know, like it could land that maybe they like CJ Stroud the best and they get him anyway. Mm-hmm. It could be that CJ Stroud goes number one and Bryce Young is the one that they like best. Um, like say Indianapolis for whatever reason doesn't like that Bryce Young is small and they like CJ Stroud better. They go and take him. And Bryce Young is the guy that the Texans like the best, and he still lands to them. Like it could go, it could go like either way. You know, um, but I I feel like that that the math is in their favor and that they should pick one of the top two picks. I'm, I'm out on any idea like that. You present the Anthony Richardson possibility. I would be shocked, Cody, <laughs> as as fascinating of a prospect as he is. Yeah, he is. I would be shocked if they did. Like they're really big on math and analytics and they understand the value of a risk reward analysis. And the risk reward of like, like unless you're trying to tell me that they might take Anthony Richardson later in the first round, think that he's there or something like that. The risk reward of taking Anthony Richardson at two and passing on either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, who are undoubtedly just flat out better quarterback prospects. Just that was shocking. That was shocking. As much as I like Anthony, what Anthony Richardson brings to the table and as cool as it would be to think that maybe this coaching staff could be the one to unlock. 
whatever it is in Anthony Richardson. Like I, I'm, I'm interested and and so somewhat fascinated by that idea. I don't know if I believe in it, but it, I'm curious about it. Um, but but curiosity would kill the cat here, man. Go ahead and do the the smart and and prudent thing, man. Don't get too cute. You know, to me, if if that's what they're looking at, that to me is getting too cute. Um, now, could could Jimmy Garoppolo though? For on this conversation still be the bridge quarterback for whoever you draft certainly you know whether it's Stroud, Young or Richardson you know he could be I was talking with Landry Locker about this on In The Loop um, we actually didn't talk about this on air but I mentioned it before before the show or between shows that man what if this what if he could be a poor man what if he could be a rich man's Tyrod Taylor like I mentioned earlier and a poor man's Alex Smith as the as the transition guy to the next quarterback and hopefully that quarterback is you know better than davis mills even if he's not as good as patrick Mahomes. <laughs> welcome back in ladies and gentlemen to this friday installment of locked on texans b scott you talked about whether or not this coaching staff could be a coaching staff that can actually unlock this great potential in Anthony Richardson. Early on in the week, we all had an opportunity to hear from Bobby Slowick and Matt Burt, the new offensive and defensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. Um, B. Scott, what are your thoughts? New, new, new coaches, new, new coordinators in towns, new, new, new everything with the 2023 Houston Texans. I'm here for it. I'm here for it, man. Like I'm excited about it. I'm optimistic about it. I don't have any reason not to be. Mm -hmm. I don't have any reason to be negative at this point. Like if I was gonna say something negative, it would be, you know, you could say that oh, Bobby Slowick hasn't called plays before. Well, somebody got to start at some point, right? Mm -hmm. Nico Ryan's ain't never been a head coach, and I ain't hold that against him, right? I was really excited about that, and, and still am. So, and maybe even the newness of it is part of the excitement. I'm not, I wouldn't be afraid to admit that, you know, the fact that you feel like, you know, I talked about earlier about could the coaching staff unlock, uh, you know, a certain player that being Anthony Richardson, but you know, this coaching staff itself still needs to be unlocked because it's not mm -hmm. necessarily, you know, a proven one, you know, Matt Burke has, has a lot of experience in the league, but he's coming from being, a defensive line coach last year and was a game management coach, you know, for the Arizona Cardinals last year and was a game management mm -hmm. coach for the Jets the year before that and Robert Sala's first year with the Jets. And so it'll be really interesting to see what his imprint is on the defense because, well, two things with that, right? He's a defensive line coach. Where do the Texans need help at? Defensive line. line. <laughs> He's a, he was a game management coach. <laughs> Well, they have. I don't know what D'Amico Ryan's game management is going to look like. I, I mean, yeah. I can assume and hope that it's going to be good, but he's a first year head coach. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And so you have an experienced assistant coach who has been a game management coordinator before or a game management coach before for a first year head coach who came out of the same system as the one that is coaching now. That to me is interesting. You know, I feel like that is a good it feels like a good fit, even though those two guys haven't exactly worked together before, I don't think. They just got a lot of common ties and common contacts, I guess you could say. And then with Bobby Slowick, that that's the more, I guess, more intriguing one because you could say because on one hand, because the offense has just been so bad. You know, the offense has just been so bad. And, you know, Bill O'Brien's offense, it felt like uh, just never fully reached 
the hype that it I felt like it came with at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, Bill O'Brien was billed as a quarterback whisperer and, you know, the next big thing at the time, you know, as far as like mm-hmm. offensive minds. And that just didn't really pan out. He was a Bill O'Brien was an OK, was a was an average coach. He was an OK, coach, mm-hmm. horrible general manager, average coach, you know, uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it wasn't anything that that necessarily stood out. Now, and I, and I say that he's he's still well respected in the game in a lot of places as an offensive mind. But it just with the Texans, it never reached it what it felt like it was supposed to be. You know, and then you move on from that. Tim Kelly is an extension of that. You move on from that last year, and Pep Hamilton was a, was a complete disappointment, a complete flop last year. So you're like, okay, this offense hasn't really been good for a while. Um, say for a couple of years here and there with Deshaun Watson, and a lot of that, if you go back and watch, was Deshaun Watson and, and, mm-hmm. and how you like you had a couple of players. But the offense itself wasn't really all that good. The 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 rushing offense has been bad. Like it's been in the bottom three. I feel like the last three years, if I'm correct on that, mm-hmm. and it's been like in the twenties for every year the last decade except one which I think might have been 2019 or 2018 somewhere. In yeah, it, was, it, it might have been 2019 when they had Carlos Hyde Carlos and Dick Hyde. Johnson. Right. But it's been in the 20s, the rush in, in terms of like, and, and our guy John, I know John isn't a big fan of DVOA stat, but just in terms of efficiency, if you're trying to just like how it runs, it's been in the bottom. And you could use, you if you don't have to use that stat, just find the stat that you like and they'll be somewhere <laughs> toward the bottom. Exactly. Okay. So, I mean, it, it, it like and what do we know about this offense and the scheme It's like it's one that is that features running backs and is predicated on running backs being versatile in his own blocking scheme and and so how does Bobby Sloyd um you know how does he play into all of that in terms of like what he's absorbed from Mike Shanahan Kyle Shanahan uh working under Mike McDaniel, like for the last couple of years, basically, you know, before Mike McDaniel got his job, he was Mike McDaniel's his, his, uh, assistant. He mm-hmm. was Mike LaFleur's assistant before that. Uh, the, the younger LaFleur, the one that just got fired with the Jets, his assistant before that. Handpicked to coach, by the way, by Mike Shanahan. Like you got to remember his dad coached with this, with Mike Shanahan, mm-hmm. uh, Bobby, Bobby Slowick's dad. So the Slowick family and the Shanahan family are family friends. And so he's like just having dinner one night, you know, graduating from college, having dinner uh, with, with, with the Shanahan's. And Mike's like, Mike Shanahan's like, hey, what are you going to do uh, after, after you graduate? Well, you know, what are you going to do? He's like, well, you know, I studied biomedical engineering or something like that. He's <laughs> like, I think I'm going to go into that field. And Mike Shanahan's like, you should get into coaching. <laughs> and here we are, like he did. He did, and he and and ten years later or so, here he is. So, or you know, I think a little bit more than that, but roughly ten plus years later or so, here he is. So, I want to see what it looks like. I want to see what it looks like. I'm excited about it. Um, I hope that the plan isn't just to go like like what you said, just Jimmy G and be deterred from drafting a quarterback at high, either Bryce Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud if they're available to you. But I don't think that's the case. I certainly hope that's not the case. And I don't think that that is the case. So, you know, with Garoppolo, it just comes down to what um, to what is going to cost. Um, and, and and it's because of, you know, back on the coaches, it's because of Bobby Slowick, I think, and D'Amico Ryans and the cast that they've assembled 
that this whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing kind of makes sense, even if we're uncomfortable with it. Um, but whatever they do at quarterback, I'm excited to see uh, what Bobby Slowick turns into. Mm. Brandon, really quick, last question before I let you go. Every time we think we're done with the Deshaun Watson saga, it continues. <laughs> On Thursday, there was a ruling Deshaun Watson cost this franchise a fifth-round pick and got fined about the secret off-field <laughs> uh, workout place he was going to work out you know why i'm using these quotation marks because we ain't got to get into some other unfortunate events that may or may not have happened may not have been forced to happen but really quick what are your thoughts Deshaun, the texans how long is it going to be until we are finally over this this saga well i i will first step back for a second and describe it a little differently when you say Deshaun Watson cost him a fifth round pick. And, and I certainly understand why you would say that because it was, you know, their shenanigans. Which, <laughs> which, yeah. Which, yeah. what I would say, I know so good and well. Basically, literally two, was it two years ago, three years ago, when the whole COVID stuff was taking place. Literally, I want to say that's when the world started shutting down around this time three years ago. I know that the Houston Texans were not the only team paying for their top clients to go other places to work out. It's just unfortunate because of some off-field allegations is now playing into this situation. Yeah, well, uh, the thing is, it's always a way to cook the books and a way to be smart with your bookkeeping, you know, mm -hmm. and, and how you pay players and how you allocate your money. You know, people way smarter than me to deal with cooking books understand how to do that sort of thing. And that's why I was objecting to the point about Deshaun because – while this is about Deshaun and he is the headliner in this, or like the, the, the most famous person involved in all of this, to me, this is more about how the Texans were mismanaged at the time. Because notice in their statement, Cody, how they admit to not realizing that they weren't supposed to pay for the accommodation, whether they were supposed to actually dock it from the player's pay. So mm -hmm. all they had, all they had to do was essentially either this is my takeaway of not being a financial <laughs> expert. They could have done one or two things, taking the money, just taking the money out of Deshaun Watson's pay. Like instead of, instead of paying $26,000 for Deshaun Watson, take $26,000 out of Deshaun Watson's check. Is he going to miss $26,000? Do you really think so? Just listen to that statement. Is he going to miss $26,000? Or, or, <laughs> Give Deshaun Watson some type of bonus. Like, and I, I would obviously object to this, but give Deshaun Watson some type of bonus with a wink wink idea of, hey, this is the money in which, you know, like just pay him more and say, hey, this is the money that we take it. Like, we're paying you more, but this is the money that we take it. This is like your uh, per diem. We're actually taking this money out for the shenanigans, you know? And they didn't have the people running the team at the time that had sense enough to do that. And so, <laughs> and so you're, you're, you're talking about really oh, yeah. just what we talked about before. Another example, the latest example, the latest domino effect in a, in a crisis in leadership, which is what they were dealing with, uh, in, in part of what I thought Deshaun Watson got fed up with in the first place. And it's not just Deshaun Watson, right? He's probably not the perfect example, given how things played out with him. But there are other players who just looked around and were like, J.J. Watt. Other players who looked around yeah, and were like, true. yo, man, I don't. I don't know about how, how about how we're doing things right now. And I really wish that we could reconnect with our fan base because we've become disconnected for a lot of reasons. Right. 
And a lot of the disconnect was having people in jobs that they didn't have no business in being in. And if you look back at the folks that was running salary, this is a salary cap infraction, okay? <laughs> by the league, okay, a salary cap infraction by imposed by the league that strips you of a fifth round draft pick and fines your team a measly $175,000. And we can try to make that to be about Deshaun Watson if we want to. But the fact of the matter is, if they had managed that whole thing properly and competently, we wouldn't be hearing about it. You know, and, 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 and yes, it came out because of the shenanigans with Deshaun Watson. But the reason why they were able to go back and look and say, OK, did y'all even do that right? OK, because like you said, they're not the only team that's probably doing that. They probably not the only team that did it wrong, but they the only team that had this situation where the block was hot. Right. So then you <laughs> look and say, OK, so did y'all do that right? And the answer was, and the answer was no. Whose job was it to make sure that was done correctly? Mm-mm-mm. Well, and, and, not and just that, and those people are gone. That person is gone. Okay, just to be clear, that was oh, the, yeah, most that, definitely. That was the that was the let's just name names. That was the Bill O'Brien Jack Easterby regime, mm-hmm. and we know that Jack Easterby had a lot to do with salary cap management and this situation at the hotel. Like which, that, that was him and the and one of the trainers or coaches or somebody like. That. Which, by the way, if you remember. Right when things, when we started looking at Texans, like, what the hell are they doing? Like, at the very beginning, one of their first dumb moves was getting rid of the, getting rid of the capologist. Remember that? Be going. <laughs> you remember uh, that? Be, I think be, that, that was uh, at the start of the 2019 season, I believe. Chris Olson. Yeah. The capologist. Is, yeah. Now, here we are. <laughs> but, he, had de- he had dealt with their salary cap for like almost 20 years. 15 plus years or something like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. A long, a long, I forget the exact years, but a long, he was their long time salary cap guy, and they got rid of him for somebody and that was one of their first of several moves. Well, but but and re, but replace it's one thing to get rid of somebody, it's another thing to not replace them properly, right? <laughs> well, hopefully, finally, we are over that era. You know, I'm pretty sure it's going to be little small things that's going to co- come up between now and what this time next year, but. As of right now, hopefully the Houston Texans are in better hands. With that being said, that's going to conclude this latest installment of Locked On Texans. Be Scott, before I let you go, please be sure to, to, to let our listeners and viewers know where they can find you at on all your social media platforms. And don't forget to tell them about how you've been killing it on 610 on In The Loop. Well, of course, y'all know at Brandon K. Scott is where you can find me on Twitter, or hopefully, you know, if you don't know, I'm letting you know at Brandon mm. K. Scott on Twitter, the B Block podcast, wherever you get your podcast every week. Um, and, and also, like Cody just mentioned, Sports Radio 610. Your boy got some time this week on the air. It's always good to get reps, but it's even better to get a stream of reps, like multiple reps, like not just a day, but several days. You always cherish those opportunities. And I got basically, you know, a week straight. You know, an entire an entire week straight, five, six days straight on In The Loop. I'm on there every week, by the way, just so y'all know. I'm on In The Loop every Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Time if y'all want to check me out. But this week I've been fortunate enough to be in for John Lopez the entire week or, you know, the entire four hours uh, since Tuesday. Uh, we'll be on through Friday uh, and actually through next Tuesday. So if you check this out, you know, say on Friday or over the weekend, I will be on on Monday and Tuesday as well. So 
Uh, that's from 10 to 2, uh, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Sports Radio 610, the Odyssey app in the loop. Check mm-hmm. your boy out. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. <laughs>